Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today. We continue in our Ennea Summer 2019 today with our episode about Enneagram 2s. So the music in the background that you hear is from our good friend, Mr. Ryan O'Neill, also known as Sleeping at Last. He has written a song for every Enneagram type, and this is actually the music from that song. Make sure you go and get his stuff, listen to his music, and check out the lyrics for this song because the lyrics are so special. I am a big fan of Enneagram 2s. I bet you are as well. They are so helpful and so kind, and they are just the people who will bend over backwards to make your life easier and better and And when they are healthy and we are healthy, it is such a beautiful combination of seeing um, Christ and how they serve us. And I'm just so thankful. Uh, Today, we will start out, as we will do every show, Monday and Thursday of this month, where our Enneagram expert, your Enneagram coach, is her Instagram handle, as well as her website, yourenneagramcoach.com. Beth McCord will start us out telling us a little bit about twos. Then we'll jump into the conversation with Nate and Jen about what it is like to be a two. All right, friends, let's talk about our Enneagram twos. Our friend Beth McCord, your Enneagram coach on Instagram, your Enneagram is here with me as well. Beth, you have so much fun stuff coming out this year. Oh my gosh, so much fun stuff. I know. So everybody can find it at your website, books, courses, all the things. All the things. Oh, I love it. Okay, tell us about twos. Give us a flyover about twos. Yeah, so we talked about looking at the core motivations of each of the types. And so I'll go over those. So the core fear of the twos is being unloved, unwanted, unappreciated, dispensable, disposable, you name it like that. Mm. What they're longing for is to be wanted, loved, and appreciated. So this comes from a deep sense of feeling rejected and that they have to earn love. Mm. It's not unconditional. And so they really fear, like, if I am not showing you love and I'm focusing on myself at all, then you're going to think I'm selfish, which means you're going to reject me. And then, like, I'm not useful for anything. So what we want to recognize with them is they have a deep sense of pride. And Mm. I know twos are like, wait, pride? What? What? I don't have pride. I'm just serving. And yes, you are serving and we want you to serve. But what happens is when you fear being rejected, the shame wells up and it's like, oh, I can't focus on myself because then that other person will see that I'm focusing on myself Mm. and they're going to think I'm selfish. Therefore, they're not going to want me or love me. Mm. So they put themselves to the side and focus on everyone else. So when they come into a room, they literally feel other people's feelings and they know their needs. Yeah. So then if you have this kind of like superpower and this knowledge, like I know what this person needs and you don't serve them and this is your mentality, you know quote unquote, that you're being selfish by not helping. Mm. So they feel compelled that they must move in and insert themselves to help because two things, one, hopefully they won't be rejected. And two, what they long to hear is you are wanted and loved. And so they'll do all these things to hear that appreciation, gratitude, you're amazing, but it all is based on they think they have to earn it. Mm. And that's where the gospel comes in and says, nope, sorry, you you can't earn it, but it has been freely given to you. And that is a really sweet spot for them. Okay. So what is the gift that twos offer the rest of us? Oh, it's that superpower. And then we all have superpowers. And I probably won't touch on all the superpowers when we're, we're talking because people are like, what, what's mine? You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but their superpower is literally they do know what we need and they know our feelings. Uh, my daughter's a two and it's remarkable. I love your daughter. Oh, thanks. Um, it's remarkable that they just, they just know. Yeah. Um, and so when they're really healthy, they're no longer using that pride to insert themselves into a person's life because sometimes it's not wanted or needed. 
But then they're more humble, like, hey, I know you have a need. How can I serve you? Mm. And man, they can knock it out of the park. So that is something that we really want to esteem them on is that they can do these amazing things for other people, but they also cannot care for themselves because that's when they get unhealthy Mm -hmm. is they're focusing on others and not themselves. So we want them to have that balance. Yeah. How do we help with that? It's really just letting them like actually making time for them to go do self-care and Mm. giving them the freedom and telling them you are wanted in love just for being you. You don't have to earn this through serving. And so I'm going to give you a day to the spa or a day Mm. to the movies by, well, I say by themselves because for my daughter, she finds that if she goes to the movie by herself, which a lot of twos are like, what? I have to connect with people. Actually, what she's found is going to the movie by herself. She can enjoy the movie because she's not feeling everyone else's emotions that are her friends. You oh, know? wow. And so she can just go, and it's just like this fun self-care. Yeah. And it feels very out of the box for mm-hmm. a two, mm-hmm. but it really is soothing. So it doesn't have to be a movie. It could be a massage or something that we are pushing them towards with love. Like right. we really want you to honor yourself. Right. So those are just some ideas. So what should we listen for in this conversation with the twos? Yeah. So for the twos, a lot of probably connection, probably connection with you. Uh, They're trying to feel, okay, I'm going to share with this whole audience Mm -hmm. what they need to hear about me. So there's going to be a little bit of potential, like, is this okay? Am I doing it right? Am I going to be loved through this? Um, But also really connecting with you and like how you are talking and reacting. So if you're fun, they're going to just be, you know, they're going to light up, which you probably were or yeah. are going to be. <laughs> so they're going to really feed off of that. Yeah. And so you're going to probably hear a lot of lightheartedness and optimism. Um, but also it will be interesting to hear how they talk about serving and giving on the positive and the negative mm-hmm. because it's always there. It just depends on what level of health they are. And yeah. is this a humble help or I am going to be rejected yeah. type help? Oh, I can't wait. Okay, so here is our conversation with our Enneagram 2s, Nate and Jen. So will you introduce yourselves? Jen, will you start? Introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do. And um, yeah, start with that. Okay. I'm Jen, and I am a personal assistant for a family here in Nashville. And do a and lot of really random things. And I've been on the show because you're Hallmark. an expert on Hallmark. That's right. You have two episodes, I think, don't you? Two years in yes. a row. Let's do it again in 2019. Absolutely. Um, sir, introduce yourself. I'm Nate. Uh, I play guitar for a living and uh, do other music stuff. Yeah. Do you? Mm-hmm. Like producing kind yeah, of things? Yeah, you know. A little sure. this, a little that. <laughs> and you're on the road? On the road. Full time? Essentially, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think that's important for people to picture both your jobs as we're talking about being yes, a two. touring guitarist. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there we go. Nate, I don't know that I know when we were making these lists, luckily I have a list on my phone that I keep of all my friends and their Enneagram numbers. And I was brainstorming twos and I was like, I don't know a male two. And then I opened my phone and I was like, my gosh, Nate, who I have known since you were, since I was. High school for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yep. probably 15 years. Long time. 20 years. Because uh, we grew up in the same town. I had no idea you were a two until I looked at my list again. Oh, yeah. How did you find out you were a two? I had a roommate um, when I was living in Atlanta who got way into Richard Rohr. Yeah. And reading all those books, and then he would come home talking about it, and then he came home talking about the Enneagram and how much it had kind of changed his perspective on himself and his relationships. And I was like, that sounds interesting. I want to take that. Yeah. So he sent it to me, and I took it, and um, that that's just kind of it. Yeah. Like I had to take it, uh, and unfortunately, the first time I took it, I was kind of influenced a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about any of that, or yeah. people like 
and kind of misname you. Oh and it yeah, tell me about it. That I don't know this test. about. I don't know this about the story of you. Yeah, no, I mean for those of you who haven't taken the test, it's kind of important not to let people influence how you would answer something based on what number sounds they like they say you, you are. Yeah, yeah. like mistyping. By yeah, others. they'll mistype you. Um, so I kind of got mistyped, uh, not by my roommate, by some other people. As a what? As a three. Oh, um, wow. as, as my like main number. Uh-huh. But um, do you think you wing three from And I two? definitely wing three after kind of diving deeper into it. But at first I thought, well, I'm a three. And then of course life experience kind of hits you in the face sometimes or guides you in certain areas. And then you really chisel that down and go, oh, actually, yeah, I was mistyped. I'm actually this. And that make, like resonates with me way more than... A three does as a main type. Yeah. Like, I definitely wing three, but um, I'm definitely a two. So Okay. Jen, how yeah. did you figure out you were a two? Well, I feel like in Nashville, people have been obsessed with this. Yes. For a hot Hence minute. the reason any a summer. We're doing it all <laughs> summer long. So girls I lived with probably like four or five years ago would like get us to take the test. And I did it. And I knew I was a two then. But I would, until I read The Road Back to You, me, you. You. The Road you. Back to You. I guess like two or three years ago is when I find like really like identified as a two and yeah. like dove into kind of what that meant and gave kind of language to things that were true of me always. Just yeah. is there something you remember reading that stuck out that you're like, oh man? I mean, I'm like very much a two, so all of it. I do think the spirit, <laughs> I, the spiritual transformation part of it. Yeah. Um, because he in the book every chapter has that part, and I think that was when I was like, oh, I like need to really sit with this. Mm. And the I think the question he asked was the two needs to ask, who are you when no one needs you? Oh wow! And that one hit me hard. Does that feel true for you, too, Nate? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know a lot of other men who are twos? I don't. Yeah. Uh, I really don't. Yeah, I feel like I know a bazillion women who are twos mm -hmm. in our world, but me I too. don't know a ton of men who are twos. How do you think it's different for men and women? How your two-ness plays out? That's a great question. Thank um, you. I can't speak for the ladies, but I can definitely <laughs> can. say for for me how uh, it plays out in I just really like to, I like to help people win. Yeah. Like that makes me happier than actually, that's a win for me mm. when somebody I'm helping wins. Oh, okay. I think it's why, like, I think it even boils down to why I do what I do for a living. Yes. I'm not going to be the guy on stage in the middle. I'm the side man who makes... The middle guy win. Yes, and, and people I, have no idea how much you do. Over oh man, there. I love that. Like yeah. when we play a great show and it's all awesome, and the artist sells a million T-shirts or whatever, or a million tickets to the thing, and I know it's because we put this whole thing together. That's like that's my win. Okay, so, you don't have any desire to be the middle guy. No. Yeah. No. If I could play behind the curtain, I would do it. Really? Yeah. But you're so cute on stage. You're like, you're so oh, good at it. Well, I mean, I've had to learn. Not cute like a kid. Like, everybody's like, that guy. I've had to learn. Oh, okay. I mean, I was kind of a shoegazer <laughs> at, at first. So I just looked down and kind of terrified. <laughs> I enjoy playing live a lot. That's a really fun thing when it might fly off the hinges and you pull it off. Uh-huh. That's uh -huh. fun for me. But if I could be not seen and do all that, yeah. I'm happy. I'm, yeah. I'm just as happy. I don't need yeah. to be on the stage. Jen, you don't like being the center of attention either. No. No. I know that about you and our friend group. You're always like, I'll just be back here organizing things. But then when everyone says thank you, don't don't look over here. Yeah, I don't need yeah, I don't feel like I need to be I mean, I've had to there's been times when I've stepped into roles where like I was teaching something and I was the center and that was mm -hmm. fine. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. fine with it. Totally. Mm -hmm. But I don't need that at all. Yeah. 
And I've managed to like make Tunis my like career. Uh, right, so. right. Both of you have really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I couldn't agree more with what you said. Like, I'm fine if I have to be the guy, but uh, yeah, I need it. Answer this for me, both of y'all. Nothing feels worse than when I feel blank. I think when I feel like I have failed somebody, like disappointed somebody, or let them down. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Really, I, that's I it. I hate letting people down. Yeah. I'm yeah. okay failing, like if it's just me. Yeah. I mean, not that I want to, but like. I'll get, I, I can, but like if it's just personal goals or if you're the only mm -hmm. one who's gonna, but if there's other people involved, mm -hmm. yeah. If I've let someone down, that's not good. Yeah. Are you nervous about doing this show? No. Huh. Okay, great. Yeah. I couldn't tell if both of y'all were feeling nervous or just listening to each other. No. No, I'm not nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you're, no. So you're I guess it answered your question. Yeah. There's not really a ton of difference if you really know yourself mm -hmm. uh, between at least you and I, yeah. like when it comes to the difference between a male and female too. Right. Talk to me about being a male too in dating relationships. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to make you do the same, Jen. All right. Um, I've had to do a ton of work over the last couple of years. On... You haven't had to do, you chose to do. And it's been no, I a had, really good choice. I had to. No. <laughs> like, Nate, it got, I walked it with you. You did got, not have to. It got gnarly for a while, guys. <laughs> I made... I made poor decisions, and not in the people that I've dated, but just in the way that I approach those relationships. I I would consider myself an unhealthy two out of ignorance. I didn't know. I yeah. thought like over-serving, like beyond was just like this noble thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, an unhealthy two goes toward an eight. But yeah. And you, you over-give your love. You just I, like dominate it. Well, and part of what an unhealthy two will do is give with the intention or with the slight expectation of like that being reciprocated. This will get me the thing. A yeah. healthy two just gives because they like giving. Yeah. They don't care if they get anything back. And yeah. I kind of feel like I finally settled in that spot. Really? Where I don't need to like impress you with all these things that I'm doing for you. When at this at that time I was setting a precedent that I couldn't I couldn't maintain that path. I just mm -hmm. I just didn't have it in me. And right. then they would get frustrated because I, you know, slowed down in what I was able to do. And then at the same time, I was getting frustrated because I'm like, I did all this other stuff for you. How come? Yeah. I don't. I don't know if that makes any sense yes, or if totally. I'm talking in circles. But yeah, in dating, I've taken a lot of time off, and I've learned a ton, and I'm really thankful for that in yeah. in how to approach things in a healthy way. Yeah, Jen, what do you think about in? So yeah, you're so in I a relationship, think, yeah. and I think. It's been different with different relationships. I think in a previous one, I felt like if I made myself needed, then he was going to want me to stay around. Mm. So like... Like if you were filling in gaps. Fill in, like would, yes. be, fill the need, like make him need me. Mm. This time there is a lot of need just in the story that's there. And I'm trying to be, I think, hyper aware of my natural instinct to jump into that instead of take a step back and decide, is this good? Like, is the whole thing, the relationship where I'm supposed to be not like, oh, I can like really step in and make a difference here and it's going to feel really good and like everyone's going to be happier. But at the end of the day, am I still, like, is that really what I want or is it just because it's an opportunity to like do exactly what my like desire is to do? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that makes night? sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It just feels like, I mean, I'm so not a two that I 
I feel like I have, I don't even know how, how good of a question to ask because I'm like, uh, I don't think like a two at all. And so like, even in my healthy and unhealthy, I don't ever touch two. So I guess my question is, what's the difference for either of you or both of you? What's the difference? How do you know the difference in you when you're loving someone and serving them because you love them and when you're serving them because you want something back? Can you feel a difference in you? I think the more mature I've gotten in it and the more I've kind of dug into this, like, the question of who am I when no one needs, like, what does that look Mm -hmm. like? I think I'm able to recognize it more. But I think it's an easy thing to fall it's, I mean, it's a hard line because you also like, as a person, you want to like help. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you're not a two, I think there's times you're going to want to like, in loving a person in a relationship, you're going to be doing things for them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just figuring out that balance. And no, but I do think, I think the more aware I am of it, the more, the more I've like dug into it, the more aware I am and can see it or kind of like, I don't know if that really answers the question yeah, yeah. or explains it. Twos might understand this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear where you're coming from. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, I think that one of the things that I've had to learn how to do is just empathize rather than try to fix people's problems. Ah, interesting. I think if you had come to me and said, my gosh, I'm having the worst day and I didn't get this done or I didn't have time to do this errand or whatever, I would move my whole day around to fix your problems. Mm. Whereas now I go, man, that sucks. Right. I'm so sorry. Is there anything I can do now? Oh, wow. I'm not going to, it's your problem. Right. And not not in like a harsh way, but like you wouldn't try to fix something on my end. like Right. And unhealthy yeah. seven goes like, well, let's go have something fun. You had a hard day. Can I plan something fun? Right. Yeah. And y'all go, can we fix it? Right. Yeah. Can I fix Got it? Or it. or I don't even ask if I could fix it. Yeah. I would just try to just do it. Try to do it. And a lot of times Wait, even you, it, ju- you don't even ask, you just go and do. Sometimes I just do. Yeah, you're just doing it and you're like, look what I did for you. Well, especially in personal assistant world, I can imagine you're just looking for fires to put out. Yeah, you're anticipating the need. Exactly. And that's kind of what I do is anticipate a need. Musically. Musically speaking, or what, yeah. whatever an artist wants to do. I try to think of that before it even becomes a problem. Yeah. And in dating relationships, I would do the same thing. Like I would really? look I would mm-hmm. look where for problem areas where sometimes maybe there needed to be a problem to expose an unhealthy <laughs> relationship or in that other person or especially in me. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I think learning that in dating, learning when to just go, I just need to be you know, here for this person, but I don't need to fix all their problems. That's not what they're asking of me. Right. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with someone very recently and I, and they were saying a problem that someone else had and they said, what should we do? And I was like, are they asking for help? Right. And he was like, no. And I was yeah. like, okay, then I don't know what we do if mm-hmm. they're not asking us to step in. And so th- I'm wondering if now if he's a two, because I'm like, that sounds so intrinsic to both of you just to like, no, oh, you just do it. You yeah. just and also, move your we're not going to, we're probably, I'm, well, I'll speak for myself. I'm not necessarily going to ask you for what I need, because mm-hmm. I think like you should know what I need, because I know what oh, you need. Like yeah, you should know what true. I need. Yeah. And I've learned that that's not true. I mean, that was pointed out to me in high school. We took the Berkman test. I don't, it's some personality thing. Yeah, I don't sure. even know what it was. And one of the things that came out where my little asterisk landed in the, quads was uh-huh. that I don't verbalize my needs 
because I think they're so obvious. Like, of course you're going to know that this is what, like I'm sad or Mm -hmm. I'm mad about something or I need something and it's not obvious. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that plays into the two too. Yeah. Would you say that that you play down your needs? Oh, for sure. Like hugely? Yeah. Because I'm definitely guilty of that. And I don't even think I necessarily know what I need half the time. Yeah. I mean, that I, or that I have y'all need. are two very important friends to me, and y'all very rarely need anything. Yeah, no, I'm not going to ask for much. Right. But I'm learning to, Yeah. and I'm learning to reach out, and I'm also learning to say no when I can't do something for somebody. What yeah. do you hear in your head if you ask people for something? It's usually this. Yeah, but I'm being needy, <sighs> like, oh, that you have needs, so you don't need, like, I know you need other, like, you don't have time for this, or I don't mm. want you to be burdened by this, or... Mm. Yeah, don't go out of your way. Yeah, like if you just happen. Y'all to have be, literally like, both said that. Don't go out of your way. But You've said you said that to me before. Yeah, yes. I mean, you got mad at me that one time I was sick and I, like, Uber postmated. She postmated food to herself, and I was like, I win. Very sick. I was I like, no that. one needs to come in my house. They can drop off saltines and ginger ale at the door. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. She sent me a picture. I was like, Jen, I literally just asked you what I could do, and instead you postmated saltines and ginger ale. I do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, uh, I do want y'all overall to hear the world is a better place because twos exist. <laughs> I am very grateful that y'all exist. Thanks. Um, especially healthy twos like both of you are pursuing and are. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you are most proud of being a two. You can go first on this one. I think what I'm most proud of is the fact that I, it's generally a selfless kind of it is. Uh, number. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I don't like the selfish numbers, Mm. you know, or at least the unhealthy side of those, of those numbers. Like I, I I tend to look at people who are just self-preserving a lot of the times. And like, I kind of scoff at them a little bit, which is, you know, not fair, but it's fine. I am proud of the fact that being a two naturally, I'm going to be a uh, a helper. You know, that is what it's called. And I am going to like be other centered. Mm -hmm. That's something my parents kind of like drilled into me as a kid. Yeah. Be aware of other people and be other centered. Don't be selfish. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a good thing to instill in your kid, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Um, what are you proud of? Yeah, I mean, I think in that, the way I can love other people and like whether it's hosting dinners or dropping something off if they need it or whatever the need is, it's when you're healthy with it, you really are wanting to love your people with it, mm-hmm. not manipulate Mm-hmm. a situation or mm-hmm. be selfless. Don't be, not, not being selfish in the selfless act. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Being selfish inside of being selfless. Cause I think that's a, I mean, I think as an unhealthy too, that's what you're doing. I mean, you're it's manipulating your relationships to get value and worth out of mm-hmm. these other people needing you. So until you get to the healthy place where you can do it truly selflessly. Yeah. That's, I think that's where the switch kind of happens. How did you guys decide that it was worth spending time on yourself to get healthy? You want to go first? Sure. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I've, there's been, you know, ups and downs throughout my life, obviously. But I think in the last, I guess it was probably like three or four years ago, I was in a girls' Bible study that I had been in for like 11 years and loved it. And we had started it like right out of college and we were all single and whatever. And by the end, I was the only single one and the only one without multiple children. And I just really felt like the Lord was like, this isn't meeting your need anymore. Like Mm. you need, I didn't know what it was, but I needed something else. And I 
prayed about it a lot, and I stepped away from the Bible study. And then that's kind of around the same time I read The Road Back to You. Uh-huh. And in it, he points out that twos really need to use, like, alone time with the Lord and not be in a – I mean, it's good to be in a group, too. Mm-hmm. But when I'm in a Bible study or in a small group with people, as soon as you start talking about your problem, I'm, like, jumping into, like, how can I – Oh, wow. Help meet that need, and don't worry about me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I ignore my so own someone need else too. expresses a need in a group, and all of a sudden your need disappears. Too. Yeah. And so, wow. in the question of sit with, like, who are you when no one needs you? I'd read the book on a trip, and I got home, and I got the book back out, and I literally sat on my couch, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna like spend. Time. I just need to like. I really felt like the Lord was like this, like this is important. Yeah. And I wrote down on my journal like, who am I when no one needs me? And I'm not kidding. Within 30 seconds, I had noticed. The plant across the room needed to be watered. And I caught myself halfway there with my cup of water. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's not a human in this house, but I have found the like one living thing that like, <laughs> might need me more than I need my own like alone time. Right. And I was like, okay, God. Yeah. Like, this is clearly something I need to work with. Yeah. And then it just took, I mean, it was really cool that whole year of like what the Lord was teaching me and walking through with, but it took me walking away from a group that was such a gift. Because that was so much of my time with the Lord was whatever Bible study we were doing in the morning. Like my quiet time kind of turned into like the homework from that. And so, yeah, it took, I think it took the Lord, you know, kind of nudging me to it and just spending really a good year without kind of alone with him. Mm. And it was cool. Yeah. But hard, but cool. Right. Mm -hmm. I would say for me, several years back, uh, my parents got divorced. Mm Mm-hmm. And when your parents get divorced, I was 27, 28. And that was a super huge shock to our family ecosystem and still didn't get all the answers about why that happened until like uh, like two years ago even. Yeah. like So that huge shock was kind of the catalyst for me going, wait, my foundation has kind of been shaken a little bit as far as my family goes. And maybe everything that I was taught wasn't correct. Mm. When that kind of thing happens, it definitely shakes up everything and makes you think, well, what was real and what wasn't? You just Mm. can't help it. Mm. My parents are amazing, but they lied to me. So when your parents lie to you, that's a deep, like that's a sharp cut. Yeah, that just was the catalyst for me, like digging in and doing a little surgery on myself and going like, okay, I'm going to hire a therapist and I'm going to like really like push on these points where Mm -hmm. I feel like, I am not being my best. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still learning that, especially when it comes to dating relationships. I'm still learning how to do that the right way. Yeah. And like you, have spent a lot of time alone in the past year. And that really, has been on purpose. On purpose. That is so interesting. Both of y'all did that. I mean, living in Nashville, we have these great parks, and you can get lost in these parks. Right. And that's the best time that I have is just walking being alone early in the morning. I did it this morning. It was yeah. great. But just spending that time by myself. Do you listen to anything? Sometimes. But is it mostly just like by yourself walking in the quiet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly oh, walking wow. in the quiet. I do have, there's a, a brilliant composer friend named Tony Anderson. Shout out, Tony. Yeah, Tony. Go get all his music. It's yeah. beautiful, like just instrumental music. Okay. And so sometimes I'll listen to that. Um, Can we just listen to him on Spotify? Yeah, yeah. I just look up Tony yeah. Anderson. Yeah, he's incredible. Great. Yeah, it's really peaceful, like beautiful compositions that I'll go walk through nature and spend time with God, or I'll just do it quiet. Yeah. But I would say that my parents' divorce was a huge, like, wake-up call. Like, man, I've got to make some, I got to make some adjustments 
on how I'm doing life mm-hmm. because it really exposed a lot of, I don't know, it just exposed a lot of the ways that I was looking at things wrong or, yeah, that's yeah. kind of it. Tell me what, thank you all for that, by the way. Yeah. Tell me what you know about God as a two that I don't know about him. I think one of the things that I, and I don't know that you don't know this, but. Assume I don't. You can assume pretty much I don't. That one, he doesn't need me. He invites me in. Wow. Okay. To part, like, invites me into things, but he doesn't need me. And that he, not needing me, he also will, he provides for me and he knows and Mm. he is faithful. Okay. Did, was there a time when you thought he did need you? Not not like, I thought he needed me, but as you've gotten healthier, has it switched? Kind of. And I think, you know, I mean, I don't know how much of it is my tunis and how much is just the message you get. I mean, I went to a Christian school growing up. We had Bible every day. Mm-hmm. It was, and not that it was legalistic, but I think there, become, you know, it's easy to kind of like think there's certain, I need to yeah. check off all these boxes. And there were a lot of that there's need in that or that he needs me to, yeah, I mean, I guess I did at times think like, oh, I need to go, to, like he yeah. needs me to do this. He yeah. calls me into things and he invites me to like join in on this plan he has, yeah. but he could do it without me. Sure. Hmm. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, that's I mean, the same. It, it, I, I worked at a church uh, for a long time mm-hmm. and if you're not careful, you can get into thinking, if I don't do this, it isn't going to happen. Mm. for the capital C church right. that, that we're in. And that's just, you're so right. It's just not the case. Yeah. Like God's going to do what he's going to do no matter if you're there or not. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need me to do that. He just allows me to be a part of these pretty awesome things. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Super. How do you balance that, that truth of him with, the invitation to be a part of what he's doing and feeling like it matters that you step in because it does to me, it matters that y'all step in. I think it's a super humbling experience to know that you are not needed and you're still loved Mm. and you're still wanted and you're still accepted and you're still whatever. We don't need, you know, he doesn't need me to be the best of the best. Yeah. He doesn't need me to stay at work till 10 o'clock at night and then be back at six in the morning. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need that for me. All he needs me to do is show up, love people. Mm-hmm. And it's super humbling to realize that all of my efforts, they're, they're kind of pointless. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say pointless. That's not, that's not the right word, but um, they don't matter as much as I thought they did. Yeah. And as you do less of them and are healthier in your boundaries, they actually matter. The, the ones you do have more weight to them. Way more. Really? Yeah, way more. Okay. Yeah. Even you feel that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You also, in that, then all of a sudden, you see how much the Lord's working. Like, it's like this gift of, like, seeing his hand, like, because it's not, you Mm -hmm. know it's not you doing it. As you can kind of let go of, like, my role in it and that he needs me, all Uh of a sudden you see, like, how much he's at work in whatever the situation is. Okay. Wow, that is... I don't think like that at all. <laughs> I'm like, I am learning. I'm so, I'm like just soaking up all that you are teaching me about yourselves. Tell me what you need other people to say to you that makes you feel loved or to do for you that makes you feel loved. I think when I felt most loved, my friends, is when they step into like 
my mess in my life and ignore that I'm fine and ignore mm. me saying no to whatever. Mm. And whether that's being, they appreciate something I did or they see something that they want to ask the hard questions and dive into or they liked something. I don't know. I think it's ignoring me saying no or I'm fine. Okay. Okay. That makes you feel loved when people just keep And there's times when, like, in. that's, I mean, <laughs> I really know. am totally fine. Right. <laughs> but I think, when I think back to times when I, like, have felt really loved in situations, I think people have had to kind of, like, fight me to get there. Oh, wow. Okay. Nate, what do you think? What do people need to say to you? As somebody who kind of works in a creative world and job, it's so simple. When people want to know my opinion on things. Really? Creatively speaking. When it okay. comes to music or what the show looks like or lyrics or whatever. Like that makes me feel so loved when I have some friends that write songs full time and they're incredible and I respect them so much. And I actually said that out loud on a golf course to one of them one time and he didn't say anything back just every now and then he will send me a song that he's demoing Uh and be like, dude, I want your take on this. And the overwhelming sense of worth that I get from that is like, wow. wow, this guy who I really respect, I think he genuinely wants my opinion. I don't think he's just doing that because I said that. Right. Like, he genuinely does care about what I think about whatever he's working on. And in turn, like, I get all this joy and sense of worth from helping mm-hmm. this person, like, maybe tighten that up here or maybe change this lyric there. And most of the time, he's like, actually, you're totally right. So when someone asks you to help them. When someone asks for help in a situation that I would otherwise stay out of. Ah, okay. Because I don't, I mean, I, I like to write songs, but I would never call myself like a pro sure. songwriter. I enjoy it, but these guys that crank out massive hits and are on TV and stuff that I am fortunate enough to get to work alongside, when they ask my opinion about what they're doing, and, and I hold that in such high regard. yeah. That makes me feel like, man, I'm part of this thing. Yeah. They don't need my opinion on that. Right. But when they ask for it, I feel really loved. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm hearing, like, they're asking for your value as a songwriter, not for your help. Like, you're giving right. help, but it's. Right. They're not wanting. Yeah. They're, wanting, they're not like, just wanting Nate. They're wanting Nate the songwriter. Yeah. Right. There's they're like worth the and like your value of yeah. your identity is beyond exactly. just like help. You said it better than I did. Oh, your yeah. value and identity is more than just being able to help. Mm-hmm. Ah, so yeah. for those of like us an that expertise, aren't too, like there's an expertise mm-hmm. that you want, not just like a right body so like, to do so something. It, you feel loved when I call you and say, "Will you come help organize or, or help me arrange furniture?" Yeah, not because you. I know you're helpful, but because I know you're actually an expert on that. I don't know if I'm an expert, uh, but yes, I would say <laughs> I enjoy it. Okay, so for so for any of us, as we love the twos in our life, look past that they will say yes and ask them to help in an area that they're actually just and that they're actually an expert in. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is really interesting. Yeah. Make sure you're not abusing their yes. Absolutely. Right. That's huge. Right. Do you do y'all do y'all feel it? Can you feel the switch when someone is? Mm-hmm. Oh, they always are going to ask me for help. I can see it now. I used mm-hmm. to not be able to see it. I used to see it as an opportunity to have some worth uh, in that person's life. Wow. And now I'm like, you know, I, sorry, I can't help you today. Yeah. And they're yeah. fine with it. It's like, oh, cool. Right. I'll go to the next person. Right. Or, yeah. Can you sniff it out when someone's using you, Jen? Yeah. And I think 
part of with like what it is, I feel like now I'm learning more like what are my like what am I good at that would actually I can add value to this versus just get it done. Like mm. I feel kind of like I mean I can do a lot of things, but like am I going to enjoy the actual project or activity yeah. or whatever. I mean, I've said yes to 10 bazillion things. I'm overcommitted for sure and like involved on things. And as I've kind of gotten healthier in that, I've started like, okay, I need to say, I need to get off that board or uh-huh. I need to stop this volunteer. And none of it's bad things. It's all yeah. totally great. But some of them, I'm like, I don't even like it. Like, mm. <laughs> I just am doing it because yeah. they asked me to do it and I, and I know that I'm capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for the men who are listening, Jen... Mm-hmm. who are married to or dating a two, what's an insider tip? If they're dating a woman who's a two, what can they do for the woman? What can they know about the woman that they don't know right now? Maybe. This happened this week. So I got a table that I bought off Facebook, just totally random. I tend to do these <laughs> things. I'm like, I'll rearrange my dining room. And I got it, and he helped me build it, and there's put it back You together. bought it in pieces. Well, to get it out of these people's house. Oh, got it. They had to take the legs off. Sure. Which actually made it easier to get in a car. But right. anyway, so there's four. We Literally, it was four legs. And it's supposed to be eight screws. And there was one screw missing. And I'm like, it's fine. The table is not going to fall over. Like, yeah. whatever. Without me asking, without anything, like, had taken pictures of it, measured it. He's, like, called three hardware stores. Aww. And he's, like, taking care of it. And it's just a screw. But, like, I have felt so, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, Someone's meeting, and that is something that I would do for somebody. 100% you would do that. And not, I'm not used to people just without asking, just like meet a need in that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Nate, for the women who are married to or dating to men, mm-hmm. what's, the, what's the trick? What do we need to know? What's an insider tip? Uh, I would say that men are probably, I mean, I can't speak for all of us, but yes, I would you say. Yes, can speak for I'll all speak of them. I'll speak for all of us. <laughs> um, I would say that men are even less likely to ask for help. Right. Or less likely to... I think that's why we don't know more male twos. Yeah, well, and I think a lot of guys are would be afraid to admit that they're a two. Really? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, because it's not like... It's not a three. It's not a three. Right. It's not, it's not the sexier number. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But it, but it is to the ladies. It, don't worry. Helpful yeah, men sure. are awesome. Sure. It is awesome. Helpful achievers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> let's hope. No, I would say be on the lookout for... I know that I would feel taken advantage of a lot uh, when it came to how much I was giving versus how much was reciprocated yeah. uh, in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in any relationship, but sure. especially in a dating relationship. Be aware that twos will overgive if you let them. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. How do we know if he hasn't self-identified as a two, mm-hmm. is that one of the first things we should look for? Is like, oh, he's like doing a lot for me. Yeah. Well, I would say that there's a pursuit stage and then there's a like, oh, we're dating and this is serious. And mm-hmm. there's still pursuit, but like when but you kind of get, get more in, reciprocal. When you kind of get into a rhythm of a relationship and it's like, all right, this is going somewhere, this is solid, this is steady, maybe start to look for those like, oh wow, he really is doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe take a mental checklist to that and go, mm-hmm. how much of that do I maybe need to take off of his plate? Or, or give ask, him permission. Yes. Or just ask. Yes, 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 Hey, yes. Am, I, am I asking too much? Like, be dead honest. Yeah. That, and I think even an unhealthy two would go, you know what? I need to not 
feed your cat every other day, like or whatever. <laughs> like, right? I can't. Right. I can't leave it work. It's true and that go. I'm leaving work. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I can't. I'd like to. I like helping you, right. but I just I can't freaking do it. Right. You know? <laughs> Maybe once a week. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I'd be really happy to do it once a week, but I'm leaving work every day. Yeah, it's getting to be a bit much. So most guys, I would say, you're not going to run into the, like they'll they'll be healthy and draw a line and yeah. go. That's I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but if you start noticing something like that, especially like I know I would get really quiet and kind of short mm. with girls that I was dating where I felt like, God, they are asking a lot. Yeah. But I was giving a lot. Like right. they just got used to, Yeah. they got used a to lot. that and they thought, yeah. well, that's just how this guy is. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen that in our friend group with Jen as she's adding boundaries to her life mm-hmm. that are healthy. I mean, yeah. is this fair for me to say? Yeah. That it's like, oh, oh, we should all notice that Jen is like, don't take advantage of Jen. Mm-hmm. She's in a relationship now. And she's, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. I just feel like, well, here's one thing I noticed. Jen and I do the same thing. We go to TPAC once a month. She was picking me up every time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's actually not closer. Yeah. Let's let's trade. Yeah, that's let's a good go one. back and forth. Yeah. And and then she started saying, "How about you pick me up this time?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Ah, oh, yes." Yeah. Jen and I are cl- are clicking <laughs> on the same like we're allowing each other to be helpful, but mm-hmm. also saying what we need. Does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah. you're about ba- and it's a balancing kind of like what you said. Right. It's not all. And I never really thought that picking you up was. I mean, <laughs> we live half a mile from each other. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. It was not a big deal, but I did start. But, I, mean, I was trying to pay attention to her. Right. In our friend group of noticing Jen always does what everybody else wants to do. Mm-hmm. Is Jen getting to do what she wants to do? Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of maturing in this also is learning what it is I want to do. Mm. Like figuring that out for myself. Mm-hmm. You were always a great friend. I don't want you to hear me saying like, oh, no, no, no. I don't hear that at all. Once you matured, you're so much better. It's not that at all. I just, I have enjoyed being helpful to you instead of you post-mating saltines to your house. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else we don't know about twos that you wish everybody knew about you? I think twos are not good at showing our own needs. Mm-hmm. And it's I think it's easy for other people to just think we're being super helpful and just mm-hmm. go with it and not... Yeah. And I, even what you're saying with, like, being in a relationship of just kind of create a balance of it not all be one-sided. Yeah. Right? If you're in a relationship with somebody that's a two, read up on it. Yeah, just just, just dive in and learn because you'll start to see things maybe even before they do. Mm. And if you can think and be other centered like a two, yeah, man, even just a little bit goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's true of any number. Yeah, uh, I mean that is the first thing I do when I start liking a dude, and I can yeah. and I know his number. I get out in the Enneagram Love and Work mm-hmm. book, and I'm like, okay, let's go. How does that work with a seven? What do I not know? Yeah, well, the we, Path Between Us by Suzanne Stabile. I'm like, let's look at what it looks like for these two numbers to work. Yeah, I was in a band with some a different group of guys a couple of years ago, and we all took the test because we we're all super different guys. Yeah, and things were getting a little chippy. You live in a box on wheels out there, and he was or, or in sync. Or you're he won't in tell a you it. No, no, I was. <clears throat> I was in the back with Chris. Hey, we're trying to get Chris on the show. Oh, that's awesome. He lives in Nashville. Tell him I said hey. It's, he's he's one of my goals for my birthday this year is to get him on my birthday show. <laughs> Come on, Chris Kirkpatrick. That's great. But yeah, just read up on the people that you do, especially in relationships, uh, like dating relationships. But the people that you do life with, yeah, 
read up on them and learn how to just not push their buttons. Yeah. Even if you don't know how to like love them the best, not pushing their buttons can go a long Step way. One. Yeah. And it feels like what I've experienced of twos is that the closer you get to a two and the, the more they will tell you oh, yeah. their lines. Yeah. If yeah. you will, and if, if the non two starts the conversation of, Hey, I want to help you. What does it look like to help you? The closer the relationship gets, the more trust you guys feel of the non-two, the more you start saying it. Big time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're never going to be the one to start the fight. Right. Or at least I'm not. Right. Like, I don't like starting fights. I'm confrontational and I'm not afraid to, like, get into it, but I'm usually not going to be the one who initiates that. Kicks it off. Right. Because I can kind of shoulder a little bit more Mm. grief, I guess, from... Sure somebody than they could okay. from me got it that's what you think that's what i think yeah yeah which is, you're just letting us into your brain right yeah, there totally. <laughs> yeah i'm an open book right here no. <laughs> i know everybody i mean i will i'm strong-willed and will debate my point till yeah you know the cows come home but yeah. i'm not going to necessarily be the one that like makes the comment that gets us into said debate argument yeah. discussion but i'm not going to back down yeah once i'm there okay Okay, well, for starters, I love both of you very much. And thank you for being on the show. Love you back. You you are really, really good humans in my life. Y'all are two of the people that, like, history has proven that I want to be in your life as long as you'll have me. So that's how I feel about the two of you. The last question we always ask. Nate, you've never gotten to answer this. Jen has. But we're answering it again. We've actually never answered this. We've never done it on the Hallmark shows? No. (gasps) It's always been the other, the, like, surprise guest. Oh, the surprise guest answers it. Oh, good. (laughs) Well, then here we go. so (laughs) cheated. I know. I'm so sorry. I'll fix it in 2019. So the show's called That Sounds Fun. Uh What sounds fun to you? Who wants to lead? I think you should go. Okay. This is like my goal for the summer that sounds fun to me. On Saturday night, some people came over for dinner, and I just haven't done that in a while. And yeah. I, I love that. Did y'all like, sit outside? No. It was too buggy. We sat at my new table. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just love cooking for people and like sitting around a table with my people. Okay. And so we're doing like, it all that summer. That just makes me happy. Okay. And I like the planning the meal and the cooking it, and it, that's not work to me. That's okay. like stress relieving. I love it. I'm right there with you. I have a um, a big green egg grill. Yeah. And it's my favorite thing to like have people over and make food and just literally just hang out at our house. You've been over to my house. Yes. Like it's a great hang house. It is. And, you know, if I can get eight to ten people over there that are my – I would say that's maybe another thing about me is that my group is not huge. I don't like mm-hmm. more than about eight or ten people. Yeah. Especially out, but at my right. house. Like that's my – you're, you're in my world there. Mm-hmm. And if you're in my world, you are loved. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if I can show love to you by making food and hosting you or, you know, hosting a movie night, even it's something as simple as that, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. yeah. That sounds fun. Okay. Well done, you guys. And motorcycles. <laughs> you do love motorcycles. <laughs> Oh, friends, don't you just love, I mean, listening to two twos who are pursuing being the healthiest version of themselves is so encouraging and exciting. I deeply love Nate and Jen as real friends in my life. I've experienced a lot of life with both of them, and I am so grateful for how they love well and how they care for the people in their lives. If you know and love an Enneagram 2 or multiple Enneagram 2s in your life, I hope that this conversation will help you deepen that love, appreciation, and know some of the questions we should be asking them to make sure they are serving from a place of health and abundance, not a place of lack. 
Um, and if you are too, make sure you share the show with your friends so we can hear how to ask you the right questions, how to make sure we are partnering with you as you pursue health and as you serve. And I just want all my twos, my two friends out there, I want you to hear me say how grateful I am for how you love other people. You serve so selflessly and it, it has really impacted my life. And so I'm really grateful to twos. Hey, if you need anything else from me, I'm embarrassingly easy. Find Annie F. Downs, F as in favorite, because today the twos are my favorite. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. If you need anything else from me, that's how you can find me. So let's go out and do something that sounds fun to you. And we will see you back here on Thursday with the threes. Y'all have a great week. <laughs>